It's a joy to be back here with you this day. Uh, thank God and thank Philip for the invitation. I'm a, the second choice. Arnaldo was supposed to come. <laughs> but I know Arnaldo. He's one of my Hispanic guys. Dan, you said I was director of missions. I'm not. I'm over the Hispanic work of the association. That's close. Well, that's close. <laughs> we have 10 works. Uh, we hope to start another one in Simpsonville before long. We had one there before. But we've got them scattered out all over the, the country. One in Berea, I was up there a week before last, and then this past week over at Easley. Then I go back uh, the next time, City View, they're off of uh, Blue Ridge Drive. But it's good to be here with you today as we want, I hope you'll open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. We want to look at a passage of Scripture there. It speaks to our hearts. It speaks about joy. It speaks about the salvation that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And because of that, we can talk about rejoicing in the house. Because we're going to look at the second parable. He told three parables here in this chapter to illustrate to the Pharisees and the scribes, which are introduced there in the first two verses. It says, There drew nigh, nigh unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Why did he do that? Evidently, he had some good news for him, didn't he? He said, although you're sinful in that, you can find forgiveness in Jesus. And he was telling them about this. And so they complained. They said, and the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, this man receives sinners and publicans. And not only that, he eats with them. You don't eat with the enemies, do you? You eat with those that you're want to have fellowship, and God wants to have fellowship with each and every one of us. And He created all of us, the down and out, and the ups and the ends, and all of those in between. He created them. He wants them to have salvation. He wants to redeem them. And so He tells these parables here. He tells one about the 90, uh, 100 sheep, and one drifted away, and it was 99 that were left. And He went out and sought for this lost sheep till He found it, and when he found it, he said, what? He put it up in his arms, on his shoulder, showing the signs of affection. And then when he got home, he called all his friends in. He said, come and rejoice with me. My sheep that was lost, I found it. And then he tells the second one here. And this is one we want to read, verses 8, 9, and 10. He says, either what woman, having ten pieces of silver... If she loses one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and saying, Rejoice with me, the coin that I've lost, I have found. What a, a marvelous, marvelous benefit to God, isn't it? The joy of heaven is a, it's a joy, it's a business of heaven. And it's one thing that we can enjoy and join in with God is we win people to the Lord. I don't know if you've ever witnessed or if you've ever won, ever won a person, but what joy it brings in your heart to see the change in their life. See them move from condemnation to salvation. So as we look here today, 
Jesus was speaking these parables to the Pharisees and Sadducees because they were murmuring, crumbling. They were fault finders, right? Pointing out all of the things wrong. He not only gathers with them, but he eats with them. Then he goes on to Pharisees. They were the religious leaders. They knew a lot about the Old Testament. They knew a lot about personal uh, religious personal purity in their lives, but they didn't know very much about the love of God and what He wanted to do in each and every one of our lives. They were outcasts, according to the Pharisees, Sadducees. They weren't like us, weren't like them. You know, when I first started a Hispanic ministry, one of the things I found is I'd go around and ask the churches, hey, we're looking for a place that we can plant a Hispanic work. Most of them say, no, we don't want them in our church. They'll mess our church up. They will just trash it. We don't want them. But you know, over the 17 years that i worked with them, they've kind of changed their attitude now. Most of the church, hey, Dan, can you help us find uh, a Hispanic to come and preach and start a work here with us? Why? Because most of them, hey, Hispanics are different. They look different, right? They talk different, but God loves them too. I used to tell them, hey, I believe the second language in heaven is going to be Spanish. <laughs> but as we get back to this here, he said the parables, before she could rejoice and celebrate, which we see here, it's mentioned in verse 7, 9, and 10, verse 24, and 32. After each one of these parables, it said they celebrate. They celebrate. They rejoiced because of what God had done. Jesus said there was joy in heaven of this woman. But she first had to do several things, didn't she? What does it say in verse 8? There were four, three things that she had to do. It said she lit a light. I see here, light. Lit a light. She brought to understanding, brought, brought out the message clearly. And that's what we need to do. I heard a story for a church I pastored in North Carolina. This lady had grown up in western North Carolina during the time when they didn't have electricity at first. They had to light these lanterns. And she said she thought she'd clean the house real well until they got electricity. <laughs> and they flipped on the light. She said, oh, man, <laughs> have I missed something? But she did, and she lit a light. And we need to light some lights in our churches today, right? In our lives. We need to light a light of evangelism. What does it mean to evangelize? It comes from the word evangelize, comes from the word evangelio, which signifies the gospel. What is the gospel? Do you have a clear picture in your mind what the gospel is when you share with someone? Or if you do share, I found out that most of our church members don't share their faith with anybody. But what does it mean to share with we share the love of God. What do you mean? He's a forgiving God. He loves us all regardless. It says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Aren't you glad of that? He came looking for me when I was lost in the Navy. I drank a lot, gambled a lot. We'd go to bars just to see if we could find trouble. And we did. <laughs> and the problem was, I'm not a big person. I usually got my plow clean. <laughs> but it is, you know. But God 
we need a light of light. There's people around us that are lost. How many of you know a lost person? All right, let me ask you. How many of you are witnessing to them? <laughs> Very few, right? Why? Because, you know, I've never seen a time in my ministry when I've seen church members that are so ignorant of the Word of God. They can't explain clearly what it means to be lost, how God loves them, how God wants to change their life, how God wants to bring them into His family. So we need to light a light of evangelism. We need to light the light of repentance. Repentance. Jesus started His ministry there in Matthew chapter 4. He said He came and He began to preach the repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? What does it mean to repent? To say, I'm sorry? No, I've gone down to the jail and talked to some prisoners. One of them said, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry I didn't kill the rascal while I had a chance. But it means, as one of my colored pastors said, being sorry so much that you quit doing it. That's what it means to repent. You go in one direction, you turn around and go the other direction. So the light of repentance. You know, David. David was a man after God's own heart. But after he sinned, Psalm 51, as we read part of it today, where he came before God, he realized what he had done. And he repented. God, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. When we're really saved and God does a work in our life, it does produce joy in our life, in our heart. So the light of repentance. Light of commitment. What does it mean to be committed? He tells us here in one place, he said, to be my disciple, you need to hate your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, your neighbor, even your own life. Do we love God that much that his, our love for him overshadows all other love that we might have? So a light of commitment means surrendering to the will of God. I remember when we were going to go to seminary, my wife didn't want to go. She said, that's out in Texas. I don't know if God's out there or not. But she did surrender. We went to Texas and had a great time there. But committing to God. Pray. Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus prayed that prayer three times in Gethsemane, but he prayed it again. God, not what I want, but what you want. And it makes a difference. But then the light of enthusiasm. You know, a lot of Christians I've seen in, in a lot of churches I've been I wonder what is their diet. <laughs> Some of them I think they weaned on lemon juice. Huh? It's so bitter and all. I said, hey, he said there's joy in the Lord. We sang about it there a while ago. To love God with all our heart and he'll produce joy. In and then Jesus said, my joy I leave with you. My joy is going to be in you. When do we really realize that? Then, the light of prayer. You know, prayers work if you earnestly pray. It's work. 
you say, I'll pray for you. I've heard a lot of people preach. I'm going to pray for you. Well, let's pray. <laughs> Not wait. Let's pray right now. I want to hear you pray for me. Because a lot of people say that and they don't mean it. They never bow their head to pray. Some of the tragedies we've had on TV, it says our prayer and love are with you. And that's as far as it goes. But how many of us bow our head and our hearts and lift up our voices to God on behalf of others? For the lost. So we need to light these lights. Then the love. We need to light the lamp of love. Right? Peter thought he loved the Gentiles. Right? You remember when he was there in Joppa? He was up there waiting for dinner to be ready or lunch. And God had this sheet come down from heaven three times with all these different animals in it. He said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I can't do that, Lord. I've never had anything unclean or common enter my mouth. And God said, listen, don't you call common and unclean what I've cleaned. Aren't you glad that God can clean you up <laughs> to the place that you can walk with your head high and joy in your heart? Love. Not only did she light the lamp, the candle, or the light, but she swept the, the floor. Because in that day and time, these small houses had a dirt floor. They had small, one small window, so there wasn't a whole lot of light. And so she lost this coin, and she broke out the broom, and she started sweeping. She swept it carefully, too. Have you ever lost anything that's real important to you? And you go back and look and look and look. All the places you think it was and all. You can't find it. But you know, if you light the light and sweep, you can't find it. So there's some things in our life that we need to sweep out. Right? If we're going to witness our life, our testimony before those we witness to, or to be pure and clean, because some of the honoriest people, mean-spiritedest people I know are church members. <laughs> they are, you know, no doubt it's true. They, don't, they are against everything and everybody. So she swept the house. What are, what are some of the things in our lives we need to sweep out, get out of our life, so that we can witness with power and with strength? Well, one is pride. Pride. Pride, it says man doesn't want to be humble. Right? It's hard to be humble. It says pride goes before a fall in a haughty spirit before disaster. God has a way to humble you. <laughs> but a lot of times we allow pride to get in the way. Well, I'm better than that person. It goes on and on and on. I think one of the prayers that we have is in chapter 18, verses 1 through 10, where it says a Pharisee and a publican went up to the temple to pray. Right? He went up to pray, and he said he was there, and he said, Saying these things, he said, Oh God, I'm glad I'm not like other people. I fast twice a week. How many of you fast? <laughs> not too much going on nowadays, is <laughs> especially this past week. But he said, I'm glad I'm not like other people. 
I fast twice a week. I give a tithe of everything I earn. And especially I'm not like this publican here. But they said the publican stood over there and he just smote his breast. Wouldn't even look up back at the back of the church. Smote his breast. God be merciful to me, a sinner who needs cleansing, who needs forgiving. So pride, self-righteousness. Sometimes we think we're better. Oh, I know all the answers when really we don't. You know, another one he had there, another later on in that chapter, he talked about a rich young ruler who came running to Jesus, fell down at his feet. He said, Master, what must I do? Good Master, what must I do to be saved? You know the funny thing about He came the right attitude. He came, he bowed down. He came to the right person, the Lord Jesus. He asked the right question. What must I do to be saved? Got the right answer. But he did the wrong thing. <laughs> said he went away sad when Jesus told him what he needed to do. Because he said he had great possessions. Self-righteousness. Nominal Christian. Only in name. No evidence. Jesus said, the world will know that you're my disciple. What? If you love one another. Is your love evident? Is it? It's difficult, isn't it? Hey, some people are hard to, to get to love, right? But he tells us too. He said, is all the power within you that you can muster up. Live peaceably with every person. Well, there's some people you can't live peaceable with. So it's best to say, hey, and go your way. Resentment. Get revenge. I'll get him. He did me wrong. I'll get even with him. That's our attitude today. Isn't it? We see it so much today. Then, another thing it said, she sought diligently. There in chapter 15, verse 8, she did a light, she swept the floor, then she sought diligently. What does that mean, diligently? Intent, right? It wasn't just a pass. She looked diligently. I think she looked under the table, under the chairs, in the corners, under the bed, whatever else, till she found the coin. Well, why was it so important, that coin? Well, some think it was made up of a crown that they had with ten coins. Like we would say it resembled our wedding band. How many of you, if you lost your wedding ring or wedding band, would look for it? They looked, she looked, till she found it. She lit that light. She swept the floor till she found it. Then she looked. So what do we need to do? What are some of the things in our life? What kind of lights do we need to light? What kind of attitude do we need to change to allow God to work in our life, to use us? How many of you came this morning expecting to find joy? Oh, it's just a duty. I have to go. Mom made me go. This, this. It's custom. It's a habit. I go every Sunday morning. It's a good thing to do. I can check that box off. I went to church today. Right? 
I gave my tithe or offering, whatever. I read my Bible this morning. But does it go any further than that? Are you, are you really seeking the Lord and all that He has for us? I tell him, I said, look, I've been pastoring almost 50 years. And I still, I'm ignorant. I tell people I'm the most ignorant person ever since. Especially when it comes to computers and laptops. But God has so much more that we miss when we don't do that. But here, the first one, the sheep, it was one out of a hundred was lost. This woman, one out of ten. The next one, one, right? But God loved them all. He sought them all. He looked, look over in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole world, the whole earth, to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. God has been seeking people, sinners, from the very beginning. Remember Adam and Eve? One of the first things that we have recorded for Jesus talk. Adam! Where are you? Remember that? Well, we were naked. We, we were hiding. Did somebody tell you that you were naked? Did you eat of that tree I told you not to eat of? See, sin brings conviction <laughs> when we stand before a holy God. But he says, seek. She sought diligently. Jesus sought to do the will of the Father. In Luke 19.10, he said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. If we have lost people, if we really believe that a lost person is going to hell if they don't receive Jesus, what are we doing about it? Do we really believe it? One fellow said, hey, if I really believe that, I would crawl on my hands and knees through the streets of London if I believed that some of my friends were going to go to hell unless they come to Jesus. But that's what the Scripture teaches, isn't it? He said he sought to glorify the Father. He didn't seek his own will, the will of the Father. Jesus came from heaven to do God's will. Are we willing to do his will? Then there's lost souls. Family members. Friends. Neighbors. Strangers. So we take time to pray for them, to look for them. So as we come to the end here, what are some of the things we need to do in our lives? Well, you say, well, I'm here. I'm here every But our commitment to God, is it really true? Is it above everything else? Or is it just part of our life that we do every week? Do we come seeking God's will in our life? Saying, God, there's some things in my life need, that I need to get out. Maybe an attitude or something you're doing, some thoughts or whatever. But we need to sweep them out of our life. Allow God to cleanse our hearts from these things. We need to light some lights. 
We need to know how to share faith. You know, it's easy to share your faith. Three parts, right? How was your life before you knew Jesus? How was it characterized? What did you do? How did you come to know Christ? What led you up to that? What did you do when you repented of your sins? How did it change you? And then, how has my life been since I come to know Jesus? And they can't argue with that. Hey, it's your life, your personal life. You can share that with anybody. Say, hey, I was lost. I did all this. God convicted me. I came to Him. He was willing and able to forgive me. And now that He has forgiven me, I've got a new perspective on life. He places His love and goodness in our life. But the thing here, he says there's joy before the angels of God when a sinner comes to know Jesus. You want to join in with the joy of God in heaven? Witness to somebody and allow them to come to know the Savior you know. And when you do, it'll make a difference in your life, right? Let us pray and ask God to lead us. Father, we thank you so much that you loved us, you sought us. While we were away from you, out in sin, God, you sought us with all your heart. And God, when we repented of our sins, Lord, you were willing and able to forgive us, to make a new creature. As Paul said, if anybody be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things become new. We thank you, Lord, for that promise, that goodness. And Lord, I pray for Infinity Church. I pray, God, you'll have your hand upon him. For Brother Philip, as he preaches, I pray you'll anoint him, have him to preach the whole counsel of God. And Lord, I pray you'll give him many souls for his labor. And I pray for each member, Lord. God, as we come, not just to feel good, but God, we come wanting to hear from you. And I pray, God, you'll speak to our hearts today, that you will use this time to speak to hearts, to draw people to you. Help them to see and know, God, that you love them and that you love everybody. And, God, you want to see them saved. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're here today and there's some things in your life you need to get out, I'll be down front. Dan will be here. We ask you that God has spoken to you about lighting the light. Tell somebody about the Lord Jesus. If there's some things in your life you need to get out, take time to confess them and ask God to forgive you, help you to overcome them. And then seek diligently for those that God lays on your heart. If you have family members, neighbors, friends, those that are not that you don't know. They're strangers. God wants to save everybody. His eyes run to and fro. I wonder today, as his eyes go back and forth over this congregation, what does he see? As he comes to each and every one of you, as you have to stand before God, right? What would he see? What would he say? What would he say to you today? Whatever he does, whatever the impress upon you to do, I'll be down front. Dan will be here. You come 
and make that decision for God today. Thank you.